Hello and welcome to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup for research published between the 26th of April and the 2nd of May 2022. I'm Katrina Pears, the research correspondent for the ME Association. After a slow week last week, research has certainly picked up again with seven new ME CFS studies and 14 studies on long COVID. There have been a range of different topics published this week. We have highlighted two of the studies. Paper 1 looks at neurocognitive impairment in ME-CFS, finding altered and reduced cortical volume and cortical thickness changes compared to healthy controls. Furthermore, the authors looked at these findings with clinical measures and autonomic measures, such as fatigue, heart rate variability, sleep disturbance scores, respiratory rate and cognitive performance and found a correlation between these findings. This piece of research is very nicely presented study. However, this study is hugely limited by the small sample size with only 18 MECFS patients affecting its strength, as well as the need for a longitudinal study to show the progression in cortical volume and thickness changes. Furthermore, there's no explanation of what these findings mean to people with MECFS. Hopefully, we'll see these findings coming together in a much larger study, as we have seen several studies of late from this author which uses neuroimaging and shows the differences in the brains of people with ME-CFS. This author has already published three previous papers. Papers 2 and 6 are both preprints and are fairly large studies which cover the topic of Epstein-Barr virus, EBV which we have seen come up a lot in ME-CFS research, but there are a number of studies suggesting that this virus plays an important part in the development of chronic illness. Both of these studies aid very similar results, finding potential biomarker signatures to identify patients with ME-CFS. In summary, uh, paper two had a sample size of 92 ME-CFS patients and 50 controls, whereas patient 6 had 351 ME-CFS patients and 77 healthy controls. The methodology used in paper 2 reanalyzed previous results and used a range of statistical methods, whereas paper 6 looked at analysing blood samples for certain compounds. The specific findings in paper 2 were significant results were only found when samples were restricted to patients who could identify a disease onset which allowed two important antigens to be identified. Paper 6 had a range of very complex interactions between different compounds such as an increase in activin A which is a glycoprotein with roles in inflammation and immunity, an increase in IL-21, which is a cytokine with regulatory effects on the immune system. These two findings together correlated to the levels of the protein DUPTase, which is an enzyme involved in pyramid metabolism. These findings combined showed abnormal activity of the lymphoid tissues, specifically in the germinoid centre, which provides protection against infection. 
The implications of paper two were that the findings were only established with predefined case criteria, allowing significant proteins to then be identified. In paper six, the combination of screening needed to identify MECFS showed huge heterogeneity of patients and blood sample levels contributed to symptoms. In conclusion, both of these studies looked at a very complex set of biological interactions and both conclude that further work is needed to confirm these promising findings. As it stands, I feel a lot more work is needed to confirm a reliable biomarker for MECFS and to fully understand the connection to EBV. It would be interesting to know what results could be obtained if these studies were combined. You may also be interested in reading paper 5 showing elevated levels of certain proteins, ATG13 involved in the removal of damaged cells in order to regenerate healthier cells, autophagy, as well as paper 7 which is on the impact of quality life for people with MECFS and their partners and family members and is highlighted on our website. The authors also provide a nice list of the strengths and limitations of their study. One of the researchers for this study was Dr Nina Murhead, who is a doctor with MECFS and is working towards educating other doctors about MECFS. Thank you for listening to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup. I will be back next week with the next instalment.